Which, since we haven't recorded in a while, I don't think I told you guys what was possibly the greatest fantasy football win I've ever seen. Um, no, I do not believe you have told us that. It was... So, my brother was working on a Sunday. It was two weekends ago. It was when the Bills and the Patriots were on Monday Night Football. Okay. So, he was working on Sunday, and his quarterback... He had, like, Matt Ryan in, and Matt Ryan had a bye... And he didn't get back to like his phone or computer or anything until after all the games were done. So he had one option to put in a quarterback, and that was one Derek Anderson. Oh. So so we're playing uh, PlayStation, and we're in a party chat together, and we're talking. And I'm watching the, the Bills and the Patriots game, and it's the last couple minutes. And he's down by, I think, four. And Derek Anderson's driving him down the field. And it's looking like, oh man, we just all we need is Derek. Just throw a touchdown, Derek. Throw a touchdown, we get the win. And he's and he doesn't have TV in his room, so I'm like doing the play-by-play. And I'm like, and and I saw and Anderson drops back to pass. He throws it over the middle, and my brother, by the way, has the Patriots defense. And it's like, and it's intercepted. He's like, shit. And I'm like, and he's running, he's taking it up the sideline, and oh, they're not gonna get him. And my brother's like, oh, so I'm gonna win? Like, yeah. You're gonna win. He won on a he won on a pick six thrown by his own quarterback to his defense. Wow. This. <laughs> so the I guess the the touchdown that they scored offset the negative points that Derek Anderson yeah. got for throwing. The well, pick he got six. yeah he got minus two from Anderson for the pick, but then the, he got plus two from the defense for the pick, and then plus six. So that yeah the, that balanced yeah. out. Then plus six for the touchdown. Yeah, so if they didn't okay. run it back for a touchdown, he loses. They ran it back for a touch. He needed he just needed a touchdown, and he got the unlikely touchdown. Um, just that's amazing. <laughs> just the mood swing. Fun fact: I also I also won a fantasy football game off of that. That same play. That exact play, yeah. <laughs> but was I it? was down by four. I was down by four, and I had James White and the Patriots defense, and. Uh, they returned that, and I won. Let's go! Newton half the play action feeds it to pass it into the yes, touchdown to Greg Olson. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Hello, welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John. What are you eating, John? Pizza. I'm always eating pizza. Brad, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. John, how's your pizza? It's pretty good. You, you asked me right when I took a bite, so I got food in my mouth now. That doesn't surprise me. You got, did you like? Did you like? Uh, I picked it up on the way home. He's got sure that wood that? fire oven in his room yeah. where he makes it himself. He fired that shit up right, playing, in his, right in his room. I was playing basketball tonight, spending hundreds of dollars out of my pocket, and I just picked up some pizza on the way home. Must be nice to have that kind of disposable income. No, it's. I don't have that kind of disposable income. Really? Seems like you do. Yeah. Nope, just spend it anyway. <laughs> Typical millennial behavior. God damn it. 
I can't afford avocado. Le- toast, at least I'll give it. you credit. I'll, I'll give you credit, John. At least you're spending the money you don't have on something other than avocado toast. So, you know, avocado. Avocado basketball. <laughs> they get the avocado at halftime. Real millennial. Let's start the show. Today. Sorry, sorry to our loyal listeners for the the hiatus that we just were on uh, yes, last yeah. week before the game. We had some technical difficulties. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Uh, or more so my audio, Brian's my audio did not record, so I will take the well, I will take the blame. I think it just didn't upload. It's it still says it's trying to upload your track when I log into the Ringer. So I'm still so, trying. Uh, we we were we were actually <laughs> gonna we were actually gonna uh, post the show with just me and John uh, talking to each other and answering Brian's questions that you would have, wouldn't have been able to hear because we thought the entertainment value would have been better than if Brian was actually part of the show. Um, but the technical difficulty came in when our, our technology would not allow that to happen. So once again, um, thank you, Brian, um, for ruining last week's, uh, recording. That's okay. I just won't, I just won't talk at all this time. Go ahead. Have the show. And then Tuesday was just scheduling conflict. Yeah, I once again, again, Brian wasn't able to do the show. I actually could do the show because I was, again, just spending all of my money on basketball. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was John's fault for Tuesday, yeah, not Brian. At, yeah. At a, yeah. Just, just lots of basketball over here. I mean, I'm sure Brian did something wrong, so we'll we'll still <laughs> go with that. It's okay. Do you? Did anybody really want to hear us talk about that Steelers game? I don't think so. Especially after the fact. Yeah. Like I mean, just- I barely, I barely remember anything about this Steelers <laughs> game, to be honest. Our, our whole show would have been like, "Well, mm-hmm. all right, yep. see you guys later." Well, that happened. Just like the King of the Hill when they're all standing at the fence. Just. just- <laughs> yeah. That dialogue, and then we're 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 done. That's all there is to say about that. We the Panthers were bad, and they need to be less bad. Hopefully, they'll be less bad against the Lions this weekend, right, Brian? Brian, right? Right. I'm sorry. I was trying to provide our listeners with the entertainment value they would have gotten last week if I had not been speaking. So. <laughs> I was gonna let you guys talk. talk. I can't talk the whole time. Oh, I was gonna let you guys talk I, since my to... since my contributions are so terrible that it would have been more entertaining. So, go ahead, just talk about whatever the hell you want. Go ahead, it's fine. Can you leave talk until I finish eating? Because I can't talk and eat at the same time. That's rude. Wow, you're the you're just the worst. You're the worst host. You've had you've had the host for all of five minutes and you just ruined it. Um. So yeah. I thought you were doing great, John. Thanks. Jesus, Brian. All right. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, they're wearing all black uniforms with black socks. The leading top story going into this weekend. Thoughts? I'm very happy. I know people think I hate the all black uniform because I've only said it like 20 times. Um, but I actually think the reason I hate them is because of the blue socks. And I think that. Based on the the based on the pictures that we've seen, the all black uniform with the black socks looks really nice. Uh, the silver helmet is kind of 
distracting, but they can't do anything about that until next year. So, uh, you know, they, they have to work with what they've got, but I'm glad that they listened to me and again, and, um, put black socks with the black uniform. So basically, um, we're now two for two on things I've asked for because we signed Eric Reed and they're wearing the black uniforms with black socks. So um, when this episode, when you're listening to it uh, in the comment section on cat scratch reader, I am taking requests. Uh, if there's anything you would like for me to ask for the Panthers to do, please mention it and I'll see what I can do for you because they clearly listen to what I say. Also tell Brad, thank you. Cause he likes when people tell him thank you. And yes. I appreciate it. For all Thanks, the hard work Appreciate you. <laughs> um, so we're not going to really get into the Steelers game. The Panthers got their shit kicked in on a short week away. But the Panthers have the Lions coming up now. A Lions team who is, you know, probably not good. I would say they traded away one of their best receivers for a third round pick to the Eagles, which could be a problem if the Panthers actually make the playoffs and the Panthers generally do pretty well against the Lions, which means we'll probably see a a struggle against the Lions this week. But as far as the defense goes to the Lions, I heard from this is some inside information from the Detroit Lions podcast that Snacks will play, though he's heard, but Ashawn Robinson probably won't. So that's good for the Panthers run game. And the Panthers like to run the ball, as we saw on Thursday, because that's how they opened the game. They looked really good, and then they just kind of reminded us of that 2008 terrible game against the Cardinals, where they came out swinging for the fences and just got crushed the rest of the game. So maybe we'll see a resurgence this week. Just maybe. Just maybe. Brad, what are your thoughts on the Panthers' run game going into this week? I will say I have well, a quick. I asked Brad, John. How about you uh, stay in your quick. lane for a minute? Run game. It's just a general thought. And then Brad can talk about the run game if he so chooses. Um, I don't think... Wow, the, you're so rude. I don't think the Lions are as good as the Steelers. That's my take. Wow, that's a... I think so. Quite fascinating. So, I think we'll have a little better of a game this weekend. It can't be worse. <laughs> that's where you're wrong, buddy. We all watched the <laughs> yeah, Chicago I mean, Bears he, game last year. He he pretty much stole my my idea and my content, but I, I'm going to expand on it anyway. Sorry, sorry, Brad. Um, I, I think if, if Sean Robinson doesn't play, then that's good, and we will be more successful than we would if he did play because he's he's pretty good. He's hashtag pretty good. Is, is, that, is that all you had to say about that? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought. I, I mean, there's not much you can say. I mean, I I think that the the run game isn't the way to properly attack Detroit's defense. They're more susceptible to big passing plays, and you know, I, I think we'd be better served trying to get Devin Funchess, um, DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, you know, those and Greg Olson involved in the game. Hey, Tory Smith will probably be back this week. Oh yeah, that's that's right. I forgot about that. Tory Smith's going to be back, so we won't see Samuel or Moore that much. I'm trying to figure out because Darius Slay missed last week. Is he back? 
Slay, from what I heard from the Lions guys, uh, Slay will probably be back. Ah, that would have been a lot better. That would have been real good for us. Because um, their defense already isn't great. And last week against the Bears without Slay, they, uh, oh boy. That was, they were about as bad as our defense. Well, that's what Torrey Smith is for, is to uh, take Darius Slay away from the defense. That's true. Yeah, to decoy. Five million dollar a year decoy right there. So de- good investment. De- Detroit, Solid. Detroit is averaging four point nine yards per allow or four point nine four point nine yards per attempt allowed on in the uh on the ground. So that's good sign for Christian McCaffrey and CJ Anderson. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. CJ Anderson should have a, a big game on Sunday. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think he they- means Traveris Cadet. Oh, no, that's right. Kenya. No, or or Ken John Barner actually. I, there are a lot of people got real real worked up about that, and uh, not really. Yeah, let's let's just let's get something straight now. Reggie Bonifon is not going to be that great. Okay, <laughs> he didn't make the fifty-three man roster for a reason. All right, he didn't have a solid position in college for a fucking reason. And it's not because he was NFL caliber in any of those three, wide receiver, quarterback, or running back. Reggie Bonifon is a practice squad player. Let's observe Kenyon Barner and Cameron Artis Payne and Alex Arma. Let's look at those guys and maybe Traveris Cadet, though he probably won't play Sunday. And let's just forget about Bonifon. He's on the practice squad. Unless you're a wide receiver who happens to be white and also happens to have gone to Wofford. Uh, you're wait, not going to play. Has there been a lot of stuff about Reggie Bonifon? Yeah, I have not. I've missed that. It hasn't been. There hasn't been a lot, but there has been some rumblings about Reggie Bonifon. And I mean, I just I feel like he's our next training camp superstar UDFA who everybody wants to know why he doesn't get any run, and it's simply he because he's just not very good. How do people even know? Uh, yeah, I mean, he played like five snaps in the whole preseason, and you know, and it was against yeah. the other team's fourth string. I think it was yeah. actually in the Steelers game. Uh, so you know, you know, the game that nobody gives two shits about. So, John, it's because I, I don't, it's because he threw passes, he ran the ball, and he caught the ball first, in college, playing alongside Lamar Jackson. Therefore, he must be a good player. Versatile. We love versatile players because that means they're good at everything they do. <laughs> okay. Do you know what's better exactly. than being really good is being kind of good at a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, Kenyon one thing though, you know, seriously though, about running backs, you know, Ron Rivera said that this gives them an opportunity to get another look at Cameron Artis Payne, and I want to know <laughs> how many looks do we need to get at Cameron Artis Payne? He's been on the roster for four years now. He. He's been inactive for every game except for two. And in those two games, he hasn't done anything. I think he's played special teams. You know, how many looks do you need, Ron? Like, he, you either think he has something or you don't. Like, why? I I get why we brought Cadet in because he used to play for the Saints and they want intel. They'll never admit that that's why, but that's why they want intel on the Saints. Um, but I don't understand why they brought Barner back. You know, like, do you, Before if we, you want to get a look at Cameron Artis Payne, why did you bring in two running backs after cutting one? I like, will it say, doesn't make a lot of before sense. Before we get into that specific piece, I just want to say 
Cadet did suffer what appeared to have been possibly a career-ending injury with the New England Patriots and is supposedly 100% now. So maybe that's why they've re-signed him, or signed him, I should say. Um, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be a super huge contributor, but... You heard it here first. Brian said that he is going to make the Hall of Fame. He's going to beat Christian McCaffrey out of his spot, first of all. And uh, then he's going to also beat Devin Funches out of number one receiver role. They're just going to use him as the number one running back and number one wide receiver. You heard it here first. I also like now that we have... And I, can't, I like how we have a cadet on offense to go with our captain on defense. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I see what you did there. Chavarsker Cadet is a great name, regardless of uh, it, it is a great all name. else aside. But uh, <laughs> with Cameron Smith, I feel like we've heard that. It, hasn't Ron said that exact thing before? I think maybe not last season, but the season before. I think he literally says it every. I think he literally says it at least <laughs> once every year. We need to see what Cameron Payne's got. Uh, Going into his second contract, yeah, like I think, like I, it wouldn't surprise me because I saw it on Twitter. It wouldn't surprise me if that was just a copy paste from the last tweet. Like they just changed the date. I will say I did read what was said about C.J. Anderson being released, and basically the general idea that I got was early on in the preseason slash off season workouts and whatnot, he had a bigger role, and then they transitioned into the preseason slash regular season and Christian McCaffrey kind of just took those snaps from him. That's what I got. Is it dumb? Yeah, probably. But that was what I got from it was that McCaffrey was just too good to not take off the field was what was the general idea that I got from what I was what I was reading about the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. Newsflash. You can actually and I know this sounds illegal, Ron, but it's not. You can put Christian McCaffrey and C.J. Anderson on the field at the same time. What? But you can also put Kenyon Barner or Cameron Ards Payne on the field at the same time as well, Brad. So your argument is null and void, in my opinion. Oh, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. So the Lions, anyway. So, so the Lions. Lions. Um, Real quick, uh, while while we were talking about running backs, um, I was looking at their defensive stats. Uh, DVOA, they are 31st against the pass, 25th Seahawks against fan? the run. Jesus. 30th against 30th total. Uh, if uh, if we want to go with basic stats, they are they they are 31st in yards per pass allowed, and 31st passer rating against, and like uh. 28th, I think, in rushing yards a lot per carry. They're really bad. So their defense, defense is really bad, but... It's really bad. <clears throat> but like I said earlier, uh, the stats prove that we would be more successful throwing against them than we would be running Correct. against them. However, we will be successful on paper no matter what we do. So I we're going to yes. lose 45-3. to three. I mean, you know. Jesus Christ. I, I didn't realize coming... <laughs> Coming into this game, like I know Detroit's been struggling, but I, I hadn't looked at the their defense all that closely because I write about the Panthers' defense each week, and their offense has been real, real bad the last few weeks too. So, uh, real bad offense, real bad defense, typically tough to win that way. Yeah, it's almost like they they probably would be better if they had somebody like Golden Tate. He would help the offense for sure. Yeah. Hey, carry on. Johnson's good though. He is very good. 
Marvin Jones is hurt. He hasn't practiced yet this week, and he has a bone bruise in his knee. Um, bone bruises are tough. Yeah, the Lions guys like... were uh, not optimistic about him uh, playing, so that means that yeah. Galladay is probably their, their number one receiver going into Sunday, which means... And Galladay like... is good, too. Galladay like is scary because he's a bad matchup for us, I think. Yeah, he's, but Marvin, people, I feel like bone bruises don't get enough credit for how hard they are to come back from because it just sounds like bruise and you can just play through bruises. But bone bruises can take weeks, sometimes months. Especially in your legs are. because a bone bruise yeah. hurts no matter how much you like. If you if you bruise a bone yeah. in your leg, every time you move your leg, it it hurts like hell. If it's like a serious and it doesn't bone help bruise. even though not just the leg, it's the knee. So it's a joint. So that makes it even worse. So we're this, this might come as a shock I mean, to you guys given my past history, but I think I've, I've also, I have gotten a bone bruise before in my knee. Uh, newsflash, I've been hurt before. And uh, it took, a, like, I didn't get 100% for, like, a month or two. Yeah, like, I had it, one as well in high school. And uh, all I did when I had that bone bruise was play wide receiver and block. I didn't have any other any other responsibilities because I didn't have the ability to burst anywhere. I just got in front yeah, of somebody you, being a tall motherfucker <laughs> and just threw my body in front of them. So you can't get, yeah, you can't move. Like you can't, you can't push off of it at all. I'm podcasting with a bone bruise right now. So there. Where's yes, your bone bruise? Are you, are, you, are you really? <laughs> um, my, um, calf. Okay. I was worried about what you're going to say after that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> A bone bruise on my muscle. A certain, a certain, a certain bone bruise on a certain bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I see what yeah. you're talking. Brian's a pervert. <laughs> I just like to read between the lines and the but, bones, you know. But, it's fine. Whatever. But uh, the, the Lions' offense, um, yeah. T.J. Lang is also out. Jesus, do they have anybody that's going to play? Like, <laughs> well, TJ Lang's out for the year, and he he didn't play last week against the Bears. Um, and they just I love how you like, TJ Lang's out for the year, but he also didn't play against the Bears last week. <laughs> like, oh, that's shocking. Well, like, well, he did. They just put him on injured. They just put I, him on I injured know, reserve I, yesterday. I, I, I think they're hoping he'd come back. It was I, just I, funny the way you I, said. I understand it. where you're coming from, and I did see yeah. that as well. It was just the way you said it was was funny <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. I'm just. A, uh, well, <laughs> he has the Ryan Khalil uh, neck injury. Oh, the crick in the neck. Him. I see those, those, um, those damn pillows, man. I know. I, I don't know. I don't know what. I'm, I'm sure he had a different reason for it to uh, to start, but it was the whole like, eh, maybe he'll come back, and then a week later, mm, he's not going to come back. I have a question yeah, for the podcast group here. So, do like do NFL offensive linemen just sleep on boulders? Is that like how this works? They are men, and that's what yeah, men do. They're rough. Wow, I, I must. I'm definitely not a man. Then they grind I'm, up uh, rocks from with their bare hands and eat them for breakfast. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> They've given up uh, 16 sacks in the last two weeks. Oh my God! Wait, eight sacks a game? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they gave up 10 sacks to the Vikings and six sacks to the Bears. So how is Matthew Stafford going to play? Like, that's a lot of sacks. Matthew Stafford's a tough dude. Yeah, he's a very tough dude. He's got dude. a lot of grit. He's uh first one on the field, got last a lot one of grit. off the field, you know? 
film room he's warrior, a very coach on and off film the field. Junky, a, a coach on the field. He's quick. Yep. He's a leader. Just exactly what you field want. Field general. Yep. So against the Vikings, he was sacked but, ten times for a loss of total of fifty-six yards lost. <clears throat> then against the Bears, he was sacked six times for a total of forty-five yards lost. It's not good. Wow, that's incredible. So speaking of sacks, um, John, we we were talking about this. We were talking about this in the Slack chat. The Panthers are second in the league as far as time between the snap and getting after getting past the offensive lineman with two and a half seconds after the snap. Something like that. So it's on ESPN. They have that new pass rushing analytics thing where it's it. It explains it on the player side of things, where it's just how what percentage of the time uh, a pass rusher is able to get free of their blocker within two and a half seconds. Um, it doesn't explain what that percentage means for a team. I don't know if it's just the the first player to get off their blocker or what. But yeah, the Panthers are second in terms of the percentage of the times that they win uh, against pass blocking, which doesn't hasn't translated to sacks obviously because we're like 20th in the league in sacks right now. But uh. I think it's it's it gives us reason to be optimistic, especially when playing against a bad offensive line. And KK was, I think, sixth, the sixth best pass rushing defensive tackle by that metric. And the Lions, as I just said, are missing their best offensive lineman, who's a guard. So this is KK's time to shine. And you know what helps when uh your offense your defensive line is uh really good at getting past their blocks, pressing the wide receivers and throwing off their their timing. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. No. I'm not. I'm not a defensive coordinator in the NFL, so this may be a crazy concept. But it seems like if your defensive line is really good at getting past the blockers, that maybe you should try to make the receivers not run their route as fast as they should. I yeah. don't know. I'm just. I'm just spitballing here. But <laughs> that's what I, we talked about in the slat. Where uh, I was like, I think the reason that hasn't translated to sacks is just because. We, like you said, we don't disrupt routes, so you, you know where everybody's going to be at exactly when they're going to be there from the time you snap the ball. So you don't really need like the amount of pressure doesn't really matter because you just you you know that if you have a receiver running like a six yard route, he's going to be wide open the entire time. And well, the thing is though, is Brian, you're acting like that James Bradbury is one of the best press corners in the NFL, and that Dante Jackson has enough speed to make up for it if he gets burned when he tries to press somebody at the line, like. I don't know how you can expect us to be able to play more pressed when when we have those factors. Can you please explain your position? Uh, my position is just that there's shit that hasn't worked, so maybe we should try things that we have absolutely no idea about, and just maybe take a shot in the dark. You know, like a like a rainbow in the dark, maybe, and just go for it. So you're saying James. we should we Not should take a risk. Just go for a holy dive, you know? <laughs> but real talk. Um, Nobody knows how to follow that. So the Panthers... <laughs> Eric, uh, Eric Washington has done some pressing despite this weird time in the Steelers game where he decided to rush a defensive tackle and Luke Keekley as the only two rushers on third and long. Um he has That was a miscommunication. <laughs> he has applied the press a little bit more, but the one thing that frustrates the fuck out of me watching this defense is the fact that guys like Zach Ertz who are, you know, 
high-end tight end talents in the league are just getting off with the free fucking releases against a defense where it's not like they have anybody who can really cover a guy like that in the middle. Like, that's where I think a lot of the problems come from on the defense is those interior guys getting a free release because it's either Captain Mullen pressing a guy who's like two feet taller than him or Captain Mullen not pressing a guy who's not two feet taller than him. It's just, it's a little ridiculous to me that they want to play this bend but don't break defense where it's like, okay, make the quarterback throw the ball underneath the chains so we can make the tackle, but the guy's wide fucking open with nobody within four yards of him. Like, at that point, maybe try to disrupt the timing of the route somewhat because Drew Brees will tear you apart. I don't understand how they haven't figured this out in the last three years. Just it doesn't have to be every time. Like we're not asking them to be like 2015 Denver Broncos press man every single play. Just switch it up sometimes so the defense doesn't know what's happening on a given play or the offense is happening on a given play. It's not like Dante Jackson can't ch- chase a guy down on third and fifteen if he catches the ball with eight yards to go. Like, yeah, just give your guys the opportunity to like make up for that rather than like, oh well, if we put them at the fifteen yard line, they'll make the tackle two yards or three yards before the fourth down, as if the the other team was not going to go to the fourth down because, you know, every other team in the NFL hasn't started going for fourth down more often. You know, this is the 1980s, so clearly running the ball and uh, punting is clearly the preferred method of trying to win games. We do kind of play defense like it's 20 years ago with the whole when every offense, or not every offense, but most offenses were some sort of variation of a run-and-gun style where you ran the ball. 55% 55% of the time, and when you threw it, you threw it deep, going for big plays. Um, now offenses are very content to just complete 85% of their passes for six, seven yards of pass. And we let them... It makes their quarterbacks look good. It sure does. Makes their coordinators look good, too. <laughs> yeah. They may not. They may only win seven games, but hell, their quarterback completed 90% of his passes. That means their offense works. Sure does. That, off- that offense coordinator has secured his job at that point. You know what offense doesn't work? The Lions right now. A as they score thirty five <laughs> points on us on Sunday. A <laughs> we'll see. They they scored they've scored fifteen points a game in the last three weeks, and they've averaged I think two hundred eighty yards a game in those three games. Um, both of those are bad, very bad. Um, the Lions just a- nothing cures bad like the Panthers though. So. Uh, yeah, Look out. Uh, the Lions are a, are a mess though. But especially, uh, especially the Panthers on the road. Panthers on the road is who knows what could happen there. We we seem they to have be yet to win a game on the road. Correct? No, we beat the Eagles in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, that's right. They played one quarter of good football on the road <laughs> this entire year. I forgot about that. <laughs> Pretty much, but it was enough to win. Um. So, yeah, if there's, I mean, the next three road games are, are winnable games for sure. Um, we definitely need to win this game with how tough the schedule gets later on. Um, I mean, not like this is like not like the season's over if we lose, but it's it, it's the type of game this team needs to win if they're going to go nine and seven and break the streak of uh, no consecutive winning seasons. And, you know, you brought up something I wanted to bring up as well, and you may not have done it advertently but um so this panthers team is very momentum based and whenever they come out there and get punched in the mouth by a team it seems to happen at least once a year 
whether it's a winning t- a winning gear or a losing gear. There's a team that just comes out there, punches them right in the mouth, and you got to see how they respond. If they can respond to this game and come out and blow the lines out and maintain the momentum they had before this tragic Steelers game, they could potentially come out and win three to four or five maybe of their next games. However, if they come out and they still are, I don't know, like just drowning in the bad momentum they had from that game and they lose this game, there is potential that they don't come out with a winning season like this. This is a really pivotal game to me for this team because Cam Newton is so momentum based, like he can lead this team to winning the next six of the next seven games if they're playing well, if he's playing well and he's playing in his in his element and he's playing confident. But if they come out and lose, I could also see them not winning a game for the rest of the year because of that. Like this team is so. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like not trendy, streaky, streaky is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, like they've always been like this, too, within the Ron Rivera era, like. In December, they come out and they win. They'll win three or three to four, maybe all of their games in December. But it's all momentum based. Like it's not a situation where they get punched in the mouth in December and then come back and win three games after that. Like this is this is the game where they can put things back on track, in my opinion. And tell me if you guys disagree, uh, John. I'll start with you. I there's there's one other thing that I that I wanted to add to that. Um, we had we essentially canceled practice today and had a walkthrough instead and uh we're switching thursday and friday practices which seems like a like a nothing goddamn millennials but (laughs) but those things always seem to and i this is completely anecdotal and i have absolutely nothing concrete to back this up but it seems like those tiny little things somehow seem to throw the team off way more than they should like I, i know when the riots were in Charlotte, which is obviously a bigger deal, but the Panthers came out and looked like they had no interest in playing football against the Vikings and got curb stomped. Um, that's the the one game we lost in 2015 to the Falcons. I'm trying to think of what it was. I think something happened that week leading up to that game. I can't remember if it was something similar, like we canceled a practice because of snow or something, and then we would show up to Atlanta and just forgot how to play football for a week. And then uh, that the fact that we had to move practices around this week could feed into that thing, like you said, with the momentum and the rhythm and stuff that this team seems to feed off of and be so dependent on. Meanwhile, the Lions practiced in snow today, even though they play in a dome. <laughs> Why don't they just uh, practice in and, the dome if it's snowing? You know, I, I, I don't know. that. I think they did it to troll us because Matt Patricia wore shorts outside in the snow while they practiced. So I think it was a message. <laughs> Matt guy. Patricia looks like a guy Being who would sick. do that. He absolutely <laughs> does. He also looks like a guy who hibernates in the winter. <laughs> Maybe that's what's happening to the Lions right now. Hey, they could be. That would explain a lot. I'd be happy if they were. Yes. But I have a theory as to why that seems to always happen. Um, you know, like John said, how switching practice shouldn't be a big deal, but it probably will be. Uh, I believe it's because we have a strong lack of leadership. Mm. Hmm. Elaborate. (laughs) I've made my position on it very clear, uh, and a lot of people don't like it and think I'm I'm dumb because of it. But I thought you were dumb. I don't really care. Go ahead and uh... I know you did, but um, 
I think Ron Rivera is a bad head coach. Uh, I think he is too risk averse. Uh, I don't think the team is as as prepared as they could be. Um, and I do think that he's he's a great guy. He's a nice guy. I think the players like him, but I don't think he's good enough for the job, especially when things happen. Like against the Steelers, when Cam Newton threw the pick six in the first quarter, I knew the game was over at that point because I knew we were we wouldn't respond. Um, it's it's things like that, and I think that. That has been an issue for the last eight years, and I think it will continue to be an issue as long as Ron Rivera is in charge. I fully expect us to lose on Sunday because they switched practices today and yesterday. Oh, well, good, good, good playing of the uh, the release date instead of the actual date that we record. You, you yeah. got me confused for a second. I was like, what? What? Um. Yeah, that's that that probably concerns me more than anything that the Lions have or could do. Just little things like us rescheduling practice before going on the road. Yeah. Yeah, if this game were at Bank of America, it wouldn't bother me in the least. Mm-hmm. But because it's a road game too, I it does make me worry. And it shouldn't make me worry. I mean, damn, it's just they're doing Thursday's routine on Friday and Friday's routine on Thursday. That should be like literally nothing. Yeah, we all watched the Bears game last year, so we're not we're <laughs> we're not going to get fooled by this team's antics anymore. We're just not. Yeah, the, the um, thing about that Bears game, that Bears defense was good, and the Lions, like we discussed, um, are not good anywhere. So at least that there's that going for us. Yes. Correct. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They're also twenty third in special teams. Michael Pilardi about to have an MVP day, y'all. Best player on this <laughs> team. The GOAT. Can we talk about how good of a gunner Curtis Samuel is? He is really good. Wow, John actually said Curtis Samuel is good at something. But not being a wide still receiver, hate his guts. So he's not he's not yeah, well, yeah. He's not talking against his agenda I, I that think, Curtis Samuel's yeah. a bad receiver. Yeah. Yeah, John is is playing the long game. He's like, well, if I keep promoting him as a gunner, maybe they'll stop letting him be a wide receiver. He's he's not good at <laughs> catching still, the ball, but he's good at like wrestling the ball down when it's punted. Is what John's trying to say. Falling on his yes. back and letting it land on his chest when he's on the one yard line. You're damn right he is. <laughs> but for real though, he has been a really good gunner this year. He's better at it than Colin Jones. Whoa! Noted special teams ace. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, Whoa. he's the new. He's our new special teams Whoa. ace. Don't you fucking don't you do this? Don't you do this right now? It's almost Christmas, Brad. Just just let it go. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Not even Thanksgiving. Yep. I'm just handing out the <laughs> truth. <laughs> um. Speaking of truth. Uh, so what do we think is the truth about the score of this game on Sunday? How about you go first, Brian? Okay. Yeah, let's mix it up a little. I'll give you always get to copy our. You always get to base your answers off us. I'm gonna give the Panthers a 24 to 17 win. We're fucked. Yes, we <laughs> are. Um, 
I think the fact that Marvin Jones probably won't play, or even if he does, the fact that he's injured will help the Panthers a lot because while the run game is a concern, the passing game is what has killed them when they've lost. So they're going to have their two best corners against the Lions' best receiver. The Lions don't really have a really good tight end who can capitalize. I think on Johnson is good, but I don't think he's going to carry the game for the Lions, and I think the Lions' defense is bad. So I think Carolina will rebound, especially since whenever they play games like this, they tend to, they tend to rebound and blow the other team out because they're pissed off. So that's my mindset. I'm also going to pick the line or the Panthers to win. I've picked the Panthers to win every week this year, and I'm six and three so far in my predictions. <laughs> um, just real quick on on Brian's point, the the Lions, the Panthers have been pretty good against the run this year. I'm not concerned about it. And the Lions have Carrion Johnson was real explosive when uh, Legarrette Blunt was taking uh, an inexplicably high number of carries, but uh, lately with all their offensive line problems, they have not been able to run the ball. Like uh. Last three games, they've averaged 2.6, 3.2, 2.8 yards per carry. So, Karen Johnson, he, he is explosive. Like, he has a chance to break off a big run or two. But I don't – we shouldn't have an issue getting routinely gashed. And I'm going to say Panthers 35, Lions 23. Brad, it's your turn. Yeah, it's your turn, Brad. Oh, it's my turn. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, I don't think either team is going to be able to stop the other. Uh, the Lions are really bad on defense. The Panthers are really bad on defense. Um, I think this is going to be a very comical shootout. Like both teams are going to score touchdowns and you're going to be like, what the hell was that? Um, I think that because it's a road game, uh, I think we're probably going to fall flat. Because I that's just what I think. I'm a, I'm a negative Nancy. Uh, I think Detroit's going to win. 38 to 35. Well, New Orleans Saints type of game. Yeah. Just like, was it 2015 and 16 where like four straight games one of the teams scored 38 points? Either us or the Saints? Something like that. <laughs> like every yeah. game was like 48 yeah. 38 or 41-38 or 38 35. Yeah. And we all, we traded wins and losses too. Like we each split yeah. both years. I've been I've been looking at the uh, the Vegas scores lately. Maybe I should do that again. No idea if people pay attention to it or enjoy it in any way, but not going to stop now. I've got a lot of people that lost a, mo- a lot of money because of you. I bet. <laughs> I haven't I haven't made any suggestions. I just say what's on ESPN's Pick Center thing. Um, yes, we we are not condoning or encouraging you to gamble. Uh, do not. Use us for gambling Especially advice. Especially not about the Panthers. Uh, this is not a this is not a gambling podcast. Um, if you do have any inquiries about gambling, please uh, ask Brian Beversluis <laughs> on Twitter, uh, and he will give you all the information. The you Browns need. are your team. Do it. <laughs> Panthers are four. <laughs> Panthers are four point favorites, and the over unders forty nine and a half. So realistically, the Panthers are touchdown favorites because the Lions get three points yeah, yeah, for being yeah, the Panthers should, better. Yeah, according to Vegas, the Panthers should beat them soundly. Is basically what you're saying. It's yeah. So it's like twenty-seven, twenty-three Panthers is what the the Vegas things are. Well, hell yeah, let's go Panthers. Yeah, yeah, go pants. Go pants. <laughs> Jesus, you just ruined it.
That's what I call Panthers. It's short for Panthers, you see. All right. Um, all right, all right, all right. Um, anything else we'd like to cover before this uh, clash of the cats on Sunday? Oh, good, good call. I didn't even think about that. The whole cat angle. It's battle cats. Battle cats. It's like battle toads, but not a troll thing. It's like battle toads, but with yeah. cats. Battle toad cats. Um. All right. Well, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding podcast, you can like, share, and subscribe at Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes. Typically, you can find us on Arc 19. Um, obviously, if you're listening, you can also go on to CSR, catscratchreader.com, and find our podcast there. Um, we usually try to go for at least two podcasts a week. We obviously, like we said earlier in the podcast, had some struggles. Mostly my fault, as the other two guys will vouch for. So, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, enjoy this Panthers Lions contest on Sunday. We'll be here next week to talk about it. And from me, Brian, Brad, and John, have a great weekend. See you guys. Later. Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff and he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps. Lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shuttle pass for Caffrey. Touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart, and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years. You know. It is good, and Carolina gets a road win in New England. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.